How does Google Docs not have a dark mode? Because they're idiots and I hate them. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really pissed off at Google Docs at the moment. I just clicked on the little thing on my, my icon. I was like, surely there must be a dark mode button here. <laughs> I didn't realize I was opening up Mike Fury over that. I'm seriously considering moving to Microsoft Word or something. Really? Yeah. I should retract that tremendous question mark, really, because I haven't used Microsoft Word in 10 years. Okay. Well, then. So like, <laughs> like I'm, not, I'm not up to date. Maybe no. Word's amazing now, but you know, when I was putting together worksheets for school, uh, Word was no fun, no fun whatsoever. So, so there's a lot of asterisks here because like, okay. I know that Word has a collaboration now. Like a, you, you can do like google docs like collaboration but i don't know how good it is like i need, would need to test that out okay but the thing is microsoft seems to be adding more features to word that are modern on the platforms that they're on including ipad os than google is so mm. like you can have multiple word documents side by side on ipad os right now you can't do that on google docs you can't do that with google docs no they don't have the multi-window support. Was that, wait, when was multi-windows? Was that multi-window support last year? Or was that that was two last years year? Ago? That was last. That was year. last year. Yeah. It was okay. I'm thinking right. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Multi-window support. They haven't added it. They haven't added that. There's no dark mode, right? Now I don't think Word has a dark mode either. But but like Microsoft have committed to adding the trackpad support by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get that kind of commitment out of Google. Like maybe they'll do it. Maybe they won't. And the thing is with with Google is and with Google Docs in its history over the last few years is like maybe you'll get those features, maybe they'll take forever to come. You're just going to have to wait for them. Really, these days Microsoft have more of a vested interest in keeping the product up to date because you pay for it. Oh, right, because that's the Office three sixty five. Yes, of course. And Google Docs is what like a charity project by Google, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm paying Google for G Suite, but like that includes so many millions of things. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm, I, it's something that I've been mulling around in my head. Like I've been thinking about it, I'm considering it, and that's why, like, you've caught me at a time when I'm like particularly salty <laughs> about Google Docs. But like, you know, Google Docs is great in the fact that it's available everywhere, and the collaboration stuff is rock solid. Mm-hmm. But like, if Microsoft can give me like most of the collaboration stuff in almost real time, and they also will make an app that feels modern, then I'm. That's probably where I'm going to go eventually. So you're thinking of this, what, primarily for the show notes stuff? Yeah, yeah, for show notes. That's all I use Google Docs for, really, is mm. is like shared collaborative documents, which for me is like 95% of those are show notes documents. So I do, it, this is the other thing, it's, it's like I'm dragging my heels on this a little bit, is I have to try and convince everyone to use Word then right which might not be easy so i really want to make sure that my case that i make to all of my co-hosts is a solid one so i need to really spend some time making sure that that's the right move for everybody which is the other reason why i'm putting it off because that feels like a lot of work right yeah because i stopped myself because i suddenly realized no this is a collaboration problem as well right so you have multiple people of all the possible tools in the world why would you switch to word but i guess Maybe that one has the highest probability of being able to convince people to switch, you know, as opposed to something like 
Dropbox paper or Notion, yeah. which might oh. be more esoteric, you know, based Please on don't. users. We don't say Notion around here because... Why don't we say Notion around here? Because it brings out the Notion Nation. People that use Notion, they like really love it, you know, and it's... And then every time we mention it, people want to know why we're not using it. And like, I am using it, but don't really understand it. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, look, I, I bring up Notion because recently my assistant has decided that the entire back end of the Grey Empire is going to convert to Notion. And it's like, well, I'm along for this ride as well. So Dropbox paper got ejected and now it's Notion time. Maybe we need to talk about Notion at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know anything about Notion. Like, that's what I mean. She, <laughs> she set up all these things. I'm like afraid. I don't yeah. know how to use it why right? is it so scary right like what is it about? you know what's so scary about notion is that there's a million youtube videos about people that run their entire lives from notion and that the notion of that notion is terrifying yeah yeah part of the workflow process for me with the videos is that you have what's called a work in progress document mm-hmm. so it's like the, the way the animator and i communicate of like here's here's the list of all the things that need to be done for the animation in order for it to be yeah. considered complete you know and again, like that could be Google Docs. We just happen to use Dropbox paper for a variety of reasons. But now that like my back end has been switched for me to Notion, I was, I was like, well, how hard can it be to make a new page to start a new area for me and my animator? And, I was, and then I was like, oh, I don't I'm, I'm terrified to click anything. I don't understand like all of what, what are these permissions? And so the end result there was I found myself in the, the position of sending a message like, could you please create an area that we could use so that we can communicate in this way? And it's like, oh, yes. You can't just create a page. The page is merely a container for subpages, and the subpages are where the work-in-progress documents can go. That's like, the thing I okay. can't get my head around. Like, you create a page, but that page is now just like an entry in the wiki. And it's like, but <laughs> yes, why yes. can't I just stop writing? Because you haven't enabled a text block. But why? Yeah. Why, though? <laughs> That's yeah. a good comparison. It's very wiki. Mm. It feels like Notion is the new, oh, just use a wiki for that. A wiki will solve all of your problems because it can be everything. Notion has already spawned a bunch of companies that want to be like Notion. Have you heard of Rome Research? Oh, yes. This is the other one I'm dimly aware of. A mm. number of people have messaged me and been like, hey, man, I've got the solution to your Evernote problem called rome that's why yeah yeah that's why you're hearing about it i I know nothing about rome research i looked at it for two seconds and was like this looks like dropbox paper i guess i don't know i all i know is at the moment is that it lives on the web that's the only place that it exists right now so like that's immediately out for me like even though notions ios apps suck because they're just web views i at least Mm want to have an app right yeah yeah i want an app as well yeah Yeah, i feel the same way the other thing i know about rome research is that it's basically just like a really powerful personal wiki builder Mm -hmm. so i use notion (laughs) people may remember this i mentioned it in the past i use notion to collect up everything to do with cortex brand Mm -hmm. so all of our ideas and all of our like little pieces of information it all goes into there you mean evernote you don't mean notion no i mean notion oh okay yeah i moved it from evernote to notion oh uh, because i realized i couldn't handle evernote i I think i just mentally blocked out that entire process yeah (laughs) so like this is what i use for that stuff and like it does the job but this is one of those applications that as i'm using it like i feel guilty for not feeling like i'm using it properly because everybody mm-hmm. talks about how like 
oh, you can run your entire business in this application. And I look mm-hmm. at it and I'm like, I don't know how I would do that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I set up something, it looks like a page, but no, this is now just a folder. It's like, okay, so why doesn't it have a folder icon? It's all very confusing to me, Gray. Yeah, I was trying to add something on my iPad where I was writing a sentence. I just wanted to use the phrase and slash or in a sentence. And so I'm typing out and slash. And it's, the second I hit the slash, it brings up this big menu of options. And Oh my God, I just did it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Like, I'm happy this exists, but why on earth could I drop in a calendar now? Right. Yes. And so I was unable to successfully type the slash symbol. (laughs) I've just done something terrible. (laughs) Why is there a calendar here now? Okay. Yeah, that's what can happen. So Hmm. I, I spent, I don't know, 30 seconds trying to figure out, okay, Notion must need an escape character for letting me type the slash so i'm like what is it was it that i need to type i could not figure out for the life of me how to type the slash so i just said oh f- it i'm doing the other slash the other way so like yeah, an idiot yeah. i wrote and slash or with the backwards <laughs> slash <laughs> because it was just like i can't figure out what the escape sequence is that you want here i'm on my ipad it feels a little finicky because it is this web view like it's not quite working the way it's supposed to anyway i'm yeah. like the hell with this they'll know what i mean and slash or i just look like a moron who wrote it backwards <laughs> yeah i don't i don't really, i feel like i just don't understand this application i have a bunch of youtube videos that i've saved to my watch later queue right yeah, of various course. productivity youtubers explaining notion and like at some point i'm going to watch those videos and see if they can try and explain it to me but right now it feels a little like it's a lot and i feel like i just want to do something very simple with it and it does not want me to do that right so so this is not a candidate for switching absolutely your show notes and trying to get everybody else on board i don't want to accidentally drop in a four-page calendar into my cortex (laughs) show notes document Right, or on any of your other shows, have your co-hosts accidentally drop in a relational database in the middle of a bullet point. (laughs) Like, oops, I pressed the space key and now there's a page for every word in this document. (laughs) So long and short of it is there should be a better tool, I think, for for doing this collaboration stuff now like just very simple like we have outlines mm-hmm. and and i i feel like word is a is a strong contender for here is a product where there is a vested interest by the creators of this product to make it modern mm. and i just don't think google has that anymore yeah with with google docs well because plus as we're recording this today there was like this <sighs> I saw this article of like that Google wants to integrate all of their features into Gmail to be more like Slack. No, no. <laughs> yeah, man. Google Chat, no. Rooms, and Meet to come into Gmail. And it's kind of just like, well, eventually, I suppose they're going to want to swallow Google Docs up into that. And like, mm. I don't want that, right? And I feel like eventually they're gonna, that's what they're going to want me to do. And so. It's a different type of product, right? Like Google wants everything all integrated and Microsoft just want you to pay them every month. And Mm. I feel like that those business models will end up with me seeing that maybe Microsoft Word is a a better option for the stuff that we're doing. Yeah. Imagine like a native feeling application where we could put our show notes into. Imagine that. Yeah. I mean, that would be nice. I mean, I'm I'm here using Flotato to have google docs in a little app on on the computer and i hate it (laughs) it's like it's better than having it in a browser because i won't lose it it's like oh yes it's just a thing i can alt tab to but like 
Can I get a desktop app for Google Docs? That would be lovely. What about we could we could do a little challenge here? What if I make it so our next episode we do the show notes like our internal show notes in Word and just see what happens? Uh, I mean, okay, I can agree to that because this is. 99% on your shoulders and 1% on my shoulders. Yeah, basically so. all you need to do is accept the invitation and you've done all you need to do. <laughs> but that's my 1%. That's my contribution, Mike, mm-hmm. is is I will click accept and install from the App Store Microsoft Word. I don't I don't know. Is it on the App Store? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. I can commit to that, Mike. We can try Word for show notes next time. You can run Cortex show notes as the beta for your convince everyone to use Word plan. I never could have imagined that that this show would be the beta for something like that. (laughs) But I guess I've caught you at the right moment as well. You've caught me at the exact right moment. Yeah. Yes. The, the, this is this is the only thing I use Google Docs for <laughs> is Cortex show notes. <laughs> so I guess the only thing that we that we need to do as a test, we can do it when we're recording, is seeing if like the collaboration is real time because Google is right. Like then that's what makes yes. Docs so powerful. So if I start typing a word, you see it literally as it's happening. Yes. Yes. Or I, th- I think like. Apple Pages has their pseudo real time. Pages like it, isn't good enough. Yeah. Apple Notes yeah. isn't good enough. Oh, I didn't think about Apple Notes. You've, you've tried it. It's not good enough. It's not real time enough. It updates frequently, but not real time. And, mm. you know, like in some of my shows, like multiple people can be adding notes in or it, like the same part in the document because like someone's talking. Yeah. Real time matters. Real time yeah. 100% matters. It can't be close to real time for this sort of thing. Right. Because it's like, you know, like imagine if you're saying something now, it's like, oh, that's a good point. I want to make sure I remember it. Like I will write it down. Right. But in shows where I had three people, sometimes two people are doing that. Right. And mm-hmm. that, that having that real timeness of it is important. So then you don't end up with conflicts when it tries to resolve itself in a sink. So mm-hmm. that kind of stuff can be really messy. And that is why everybody uses Google Docs for this type of stuff. And so that's why I've always used it because it works really great. But the experience of using Google Docs on like a phone or whatever is just not that nice. You know, like I would like an application no, that felt better. I don't, again, I don't know if Word is the right app for that either. But. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by the new season of Wireframe, a podcast all about how user experience can help technology fit into our lives. Wireframe is a show for designers and the design curious, hosted by Koi Vin, Senior Director of Design at Adobe. The pandemic has changed our habits and our lives, and this season of Wireframe leans into how design intersects with these changes. So you'll hear stories like how user experience design helps people manage stress and sleeplessness, or find something good to watch on an online streaming service, maybe even help individuals, creators, and social causes through crowdfunding. This is another great one, how you can help older family members understand technology. That is an episode that I checked out myself and it's super great actually really fun and interesting stories that relate to helping people in your family with technology which i think is something that we can all relate to and is the theme of the entire episode but this episode also focuses on how good design can help people get around these issues like a good user experience can help new users from not needing to require the help of younger people in their lives if you design something for the people that you want to use it and include lots of people in it 
you'll have a much better experience for your users. People shouldn't be left behind because technology is getting more and more complicated. Anyway, you don't want to hear me explain the episode. You should go listen to it yourself. It's really engaging. Loads of great interviews. You're going to hear from some seriously impressive designers and design leaders who have built UX and UI experiences for companies like Headspace, Patreon, Kickstarter, and Wythings. Whether you're into UX, UI, technology, or just curious about the way that design impacts our everyday lives, you should check out Wireframe. Just search for Wireframe in your favorite podcast app, like the one you're using right now, or check out the link in the show notes. So thanks to Wireframe for their support of Cortex and all of RelayFM. Talking about betas, mm-hmm. have you installed any of Apple's betas on any of your products yet? No, I have not. You, oh, okay. Interesting. You, you hold off. All right. You were, you were very confident last time, but uh, you know, my, my feeling is I have no need to do this. It's fine. I can wait this year. I'm, I'm not planning on installing any of the betas on my devices. Right. And, you know, I'm sure also like the thing I'm thinking of and this this you make you can tell me if this is true or not. You were giving me a real song and dance show last time about look at all this magic with shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Look at everything that I have in my hat here, like mm-hmm. just pulling out these rabbits. And while that is amazing, the problem with shortcuts in particular is installing the beta on one device means you're installing the beta on every device eventually, right? There's the beta spread mm-hmm. of the short, shortcut stuff won't work everywhere. And so it's like, well, if I just start it with my loner iPad, then I update some automation and now it doesn't work on everything where the beta isn't installed. And so it just like it spreads like a virus. I haven't so had I'm, that I'm happen. keeping it. Okay. I mean, hmm. I've installed it on my phone because I like the shortcut stuff so much on my iPad that I want it on my phone too. Mm-hmm. So I'm running iOS 14 on my iPhone now. Okay. And this is still the developer beta, right? We're not even in public beta Public beta is out now. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, maybe that's why you didn't do it because you didn't know the public beta was out. I should have thought of that. Uh, but yeah, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on the developer beta now on my iPhone and my iPad. Hmm. But the public beta is available. And I cannot wait for September for the home screen conversations that we're going to have. Because they're going to be big. I am one screen now. You weren't one screen last time? No, I had the second screen Hmm. with all the stuff on it, right? I had no folders on my first screen. Hmm. But now I'm a four by four grid of apps and then a large widget. And they're just the Apple widgets. I know that when I start getting third party widgets, either in some, hopefully some betas, but like when when they come out in the store, like I feel like I'm going to really change up a lot of my home screen for a while. If Hmm. not forever. Like there just feels like a lot could happen with it and it could be really interesting. So I'm mm. excited about I'm excited about that. But the thing that I really love is I was just able to hide the other two home screens. They're gone forever. Mm. I heard someone say something uh, on a podcast. I don't remember where I heard it now. And I thought you might like this thought because it's so easy to, you can have like another home screen that you just can long press and then hide it. That you could have like a work app home screen. Can you explain that? I don't know what you what you mean by this. Now you're able to long press on the home screen, kind of, you know, where you have the dots are just above the dock. Mm-hmm. And you go into like a zoomed out view, almost like expose or mission control on the Mac. Hmm. And you can uncheck home screens that have apps on them. And then you hide them. Hmm. That's interesting. So this is like how people get rid of their home screen. So they just use the app library, which is what I've been mm. doing. And then apps just install to the app library and that's it. Can you hide the app library? No. Mm. But you just it's only there when you swipe for it. 
Oh, okay. So you can have a home screen that's just widgets. Yeah, you can. I think it's actually possible to have a home screen with no apps on it now. Hmm. That's interesting. I think that you will be a, a no apps but widgets person. And I think that I might get close to that, like just a few apps and then a bunch yeah. of widgets. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. The, the, the thing, I mean, part of the reason why I'm also able to so far hold off on the beta is because widgets are the most interesting thing. Yeah, and you can't get them for the apps that you want them for. Exactly. Like everything that I want the widget for, I'd have to harass the developers to let me, let me into your beta, right? And, and like, that's not going to happen. So I kind of can't play with the most interesting stuff yeah. yet. Yeah. And I'll be very curious to see when it's actually out and apps start releasing their own widgets. But there, there is a little bit of a, a question in my mind about how much this is going to be a bit like complications all over again, mm-hmm. where... The promise of how potentially interesting complications are is much greater than the check that is cached by what complications are actually able to do. And so I I just wonder about that with widgets, like six months after the thing comes out and we're done playing around with the novelty of widgets, like how useful will they actually be? one year from now I'll, I'll be interested to see i think the benefit that we have there is that complications on apple watch exist mm-hmm. so if you just think of the widgets as big complications that that's what they are mm-hmm. we already have a sense of what that type of ui is like you have ui that it shows you information and you tap on it and it just opens the app mm-hmm. that's what these widgets do so mm-hmm. we have an idea of it already, but the, it, you know, just seeing some of the designs that developers that I follow on Twitter are putting out there for things that they're working on, I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I would quite, I think I would quite like that. Or even just like little things like Apple's weather and calendar widgets are like, oh yeah, I really want these for Fantastic Calendar Carrot Weather, and that's going to mm-hmm. be amazing. You know, so it's just, or there's just like little parts of it where I'm like, well, having that widget is so much better than the app icon. Mm. because I get what I want to open the app for like 90% of the time, right? I'm opening Carrot Weather to find out what the temperature is right now, or I'm opening Fantastic Out to see what events I have for the day. Yeah. Well, the widgets will just show me that information. It will be really nice, and I'm really happy that we're finally going to have it in this way because like, mm-hmm. developers could have done stuff and have done stuff like this already. Like There is already a Fantastic Out widget and a Carrot Weather widget over in the Today View. But it's just not the same when it's like hidden away in this other place. Having it on your home screen, it's like as soon as you unlock your phone, it's there. And what I've liked about the ones that I'm seeing is they're also just there even when I'm not looking for them. So I feel like I just have that information at hand more. Right. It, it's ambient awareness yeah. of, of things which can be useful. So, And what I really like is that when you put them in these stacks, you can layer them on top of each other. You can have the phone try and be smart and rotate them through the day to show you what you want. And I have hmm. found that serious suggestion type stuff to actually be pretty typically quite good for me in the past. Hmm. Like the serious suggestion of apps. So like, you know, when you pull down and it shows you what apps you might want to be using, that's always worked pretty well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That, that works better than you think it will. Yeah. And I expect it's going to be a very similar kind of logic for the widgets, right? Of like understanding what you might want to be looking at at a different time of day is probably pretty similar to what apps am I opening on at certain times of day. Mm-hmm. And also like I always really liked the Siri watch face rest in peace it's still there but it just never got changed but i i like that because it did a good job for me to show me what i wanted to see and again i expect the widget rotation to be a similar idea to that as well 
I remember whatever that was a couple WWDCs ago when you were you were really harping on like this is the future of watchOS. I really thought it was. And you had very good reasons and I think made a compelling argument for yeah, this is going to be the future of watchOS. And then just like with so many things like oh it came out and is never touched again <laughs> it really felt like it to me like it really did and i was so wrong because yeah. they really did not do anything with it ever again yeah you, you wonder sometimes like what's the deal like what's the internal story with that of it seemed like such a great idea with so much potential and then just oh it's going to sit untouched for years and no one's going to make complications for it because it's the only one that can do this now with the shortcut stuff that you were telling me about automating changing the watch faces is like that siri watch face is done right like oh, that, yeah, that is, yeah, that is yeah, totally yeah. gone now i'm not planning on installing the watch beta on my watch mm-hmm. i mean I, I may as well because i don't wear the watch that much but it's just not high on my list right now that that is the only thing that has annoyed me since you told me about it is is the ability to say change a watch face at a particular day or at a particular time mm-hmm. and now every time at night i manually swipe over to my nighttime watch face i'm a, I'm a little annoyed yeah. i'm like milling my own grain here like i don't understand why i have to swipe this over so if, uh, the, if anything's going to get me for the beta it's something Thing like that of just the the continual annoyance of i shouldn't i shouldn't have to do this like the, the, <laughs> it's eight o'clock switch over to the nighttime face just do it <laughs> i've also spent a little bit of time in mac os 11 oh okay i just assumed that you would not have installed the mac beta because but uh, let me guess you're not running it on the production machine right now of course no i'm not even <laughs> okay. running it on a computer that's mine Oh, okay. He stole someone's computer? No, some time ago, Apple sent me a review unit of a MacBook Pro. Ooh, fancy, fancy, man. This was ages This was ages ago. Honestly, like, I think I really like it. You really like the beta? Mm, the way it looks. Like, I like the new look a lot. Yeah, I mean, I've only seen it in the screenshots, but it seems intriguing. I've never minded flatter design. Like, I, as a general statement, I think flat design is is a safe, solid, and also interesting way to go for things. I've forgotten what transparency was like. Did you turn off transparency on your machines, or what do you mean by that? I've had transparency off on my computers since Apple introduced transparency to the OS. Right. So when when I turned it on, I was like, "What the f- is going on?" Right? Like, why can't I see my wallpaper everywhere? Because they've have they seem to have made it a little bit more aggressive anyway. But it was like mm-hmm. a big surprise to me because I had not uh, I had not seen that in a very long time. Just had to open up on my computer. I couldn't even remember. I was like, "Oh yes, I too have reduced transparency on." Like, what happens if I uncheck that? Oh, nothing happens because my background is just a dark gray background so nothing looks different (laughs) you wouldn't even know quick time gets ever so slightly darker Uh if i uncheck that button and that is the only thing as far as i can tell (laughs) but yeah like overall the look of it just feels fresh and modern in a way that mac os is not for like the last 10 years in my opinion yeah i I mean that this is based on nothing except just the visual look of it but having seen the screenshots it does make me really wonder about Apple's statements of like, oh, guys, we're never going to merge everything into one operating system. Like we have we have no plans to do that where we're just going to make them more and more similar to each other mm-hmm. with each following year. Right. But they're never going to merge. That's crazy talk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but see, at a certain point, 
you don't need to merge them if the application platform's the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're going for is like the application platform is the same across all of them, right? You write it in Swift UI and write it in Swift and it can run everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then they can still have things like the terminal, but then they never have to bring terminal to iPad. Right, right. So like I've actually come around recently on the idea of, of, the, of like, I do believe they will keep them separate for a long time. But the things that third parties can make, they're going to be the same. It'll be the same everywhere. Or it can be. Yeah. But but Apple can still like have these distinct operating systems for a while. I see what you're saying, but that strikes me as like a distinction without a difference. In, in the same way that, sure. oh, there's iOS and there's iPadOS. Yeah, and they do right? different and things, but they're still the same. Yeah, it, it's like, yeah, yeah. sure. I, I get what you're saying, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I think the way that they say, like, we'll never merge the platforms is heard and interpreted in people's brains in an entirely different way from what Apple's obvious plans actually are of, of like everything the same everywhere that is very clearly our our ultimate plan mm-hmm. oh look at the maps in these presentations there's clearly not being designed to also be the same for our future augmented reality platform like everything is coming together to be the same and that that's clearly what they're doing I, I mean I don't know what the temperature online is for the redesign but like I, I don't mind it it looks it looks nice uh, having not actually experienced it myself yeah are you okay with it like you like it yeah i really like it i really like because it looks interesting to me and and it looks like the type of operating system that i am more familiar with and comfortable with and prefer right like it's, it looks a lot mm. like ipad os in places and i think that that's a really good idea personally because you can freshen things up give people that are less familiar with that with the mac platform more familiarity with the mac platform I think that it's clever, and I think it's especially clever as they're moving into these Apple Silicon Macs with you know mm. iOS apps that can run on these machines. And if that's the thing that they want to do, and I think will be a thing that they will consider to be a serious benefit, having a lot of the operating system around it be a little bit more reminiscent of the place where those applications are native might be a good idea. Mm. Should I put the beta on my laptop? No. No, no. You don't, want me to, you don't want me to have it on the production machine. Wait, I thought you were trying to push these betas. Do you on record me. from a laptop? Uh, yeah, I do record from a laptop right now. Okay. I've. Um, oh, there he goes. Wait, wait. What do you mean? What do you mean? There he goes. <laughs> you, you moved away. I could hear you moving oh. away. <laughs> I w- yeah, because I'm I'm looking at the laptop. Uh-huh. I was looking at the laptop. What to check that it was there? <laughs> you I don't know, know because I was talking about it, so I just I had to go look. I had to go look at it. Mm. But no, in my division between standing desk and sitting desk in my eternal home office now, it's it's ended up that my like iMac is at the standing desk and my sitting desk, which is the podcast desk, has a laptop with a screen attached to it. Look, I've got so much. I bought one of those like crazy external, whatchamacallit, the eGPUs. Wait. I've got like a huge eGPU that's connected to the little laptop. Another one? Because you went through this before and you had all that trouble with the USB... C yes, cable. No, no, we've yeah, no, we've been thunderbolt cable. Before. Look, look, this, it's like I've been going totally crazy in my in my home office, like trying to trying to get the setups just right, mm-hmm. and I eventually had to cave because the laptop running an external display, like it slows it down, and I did have to go back to doing the eGPU, and I had used the Blackmagic one forever ago, but it was super wimpy and didn't really help a lot, so I ended up getting one of these like razor core chroma enormous eGPU things and then got one of those like 
GPUs that has three fans on it and stick it inside and try to make it work. And so uh, I've I've tried to beef up my sitting down working station. Oh, you're as such much a gamer. Oh my yes. god, do you have RGB on your eGPU? You do, don't you? Yes, there is R- oh. there is RGB on my eGPU. Oh, yeah, like, what if a that gamer. Makes you happy. So, I thought you might enjoy that. Yeah, I do enjoy that. Oh man, that's amazing. Anyway, all of this is to answer your question like, yes, I am recording on a laptop right now, but I've I've tried to beef it up because I presume that you don't want me recording at my standing desk that has a treadmill underneath it while we're doing podcasts. You have a treadmill desk? Yeah, didn't I tell you this? No, I don't know about this. I guess this is this is here's the big problem that I keep having. Okay. Is I just have no sense of time. Yeah. Or I don't I don't know how to like if you measure something at two points in time, there's a difference between them. So like, oh, what did my office look like six months ago versus what did it look like now? Mm-hmm. Because I have no sense of time, I have no sense of of the ability to understand like what is the differential between previous times that we have spoken and now. And so when a piece of equipment comes into my office, I have this feeling of like, has it been here for two days or has it always been here, right? Like, I, I have no idea anymore. Did it come with a house? <laughs> yeah, like, this is also why I'm very confident that I won't actually put the betas on any of my devices. Because since every single day is the same as the day that came before it, and I have no sense of time, new phones and the final operating system will be here before I have any subjective sense of time passing at all. Right. So I think I really am going to skip it this year. Um, but no, I've got so much stuff in my office. Now I don't have any idea like what you know is here and what you... I have a boom arm. You know I'm recording on a boom arm. I know you wanted oh that. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> did I know that? I feel like maybe. See, you have the same problem too. But yeah, I'm, I have a boom arm. Yeah, we went through it because you were banging on the desk and it sounded good. Yeah, I Yes, that's that. right. Yeah, so I have a boom arm. The boom arm, as a bonus point, is actually connected to the standing desk so that it's not even possible for vibrations at the sitting desk to make it to the standing desk into the microphone. So it's like, it's perfect isolation. Oh, wait, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I have to map this one out in my brain because the way yeah. I had imagined this was very different to how you've described it. So yeah. you're sitting in the standing desk and next to each other. Yes. Right. There are two desks. They're next to each other. One is a standing desk. One is a sitting desk. I'm sitting at the sitting desk, but the boom arm is connected to the standing desk so that the microphone then comes down and right. is in front of me. Because that just, the way everything's arranged, that ends up being the nice place for it to be. Can I ask why you didn't consider a sit-stand desk? Um, okay, so the reason I didn't consider a sit-stand desk is that... the tre- Okay, so I bought oh, a treadmill, the treadmill to go with the standing desk. Because of the right? treadmill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. where's, the, where's the treadmill going to go? Where, where's the chair going to go? Okay. Exactly. Okay. The, the treadmill is one of those ones, in theory, you can put it up against the wall, but in practice... No one's going to do that. Actually. Yeah, you don't want to ever actually do that. I could have sworn I told you about it. But anyway, yeah. So the treadmill desk has been, by far and away, one of the best quarantine purchases. And I've, I usually spend, like, at least two hours a day on it. Like while I'm working and stuff. So what are you? Are you walking? Yeah, I set it for walking, okay. and then I'm writing while I'm doing that. So it's taken the place of pacing back and forth in the mm-hmm. office a little bit, is to be on the treadmill, and also for light editing for either doing like audio or video editing. As long as it's not too precise, I can be on the treadmill desk mm-hmm. and, and do that as mm-hmm. well. It's very much a core part of 
don't let your muscles atrophy away during quarantine time right. has been get on the treadmill desk every day and, and do part of your work there. Mm. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, so anyway, I could have sworn I told you about that, but obviously I didn't and I have no sense of time. And all of this was to say, you don't want me walking while recording the podcast. I think you wouldn't enjoy that. No, I wouldn't enjoy that. That, that would be quite disruptive, I think. <laughs> but I guess it's good because I know you were, you would pace, right? And mm-hmm. now you don't, now you maybe, you do you get that feeling? Does it feel like the same thing if you're walking on the desk to pacing? It's not quite the same, but it's fine. Right. Just with deciding, like, I need to have this treadmill desk so that I have the option of working while moving has reduced the space just enough in the office that there really isn't enough space to pace without spending 30% of the time in the turning around moment, which is no good. Uh, right? It's walking in a circle. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a ratio of uh, how much length of walking do you get versus time spent turning around, and you don't want the turnaround frequency to be every five seconds. So. You're basically just using one leg, right? You're yes, just exactly. Around in yes, a just go around in a circle that way. <laughs> so standing desk with treadmill, highly recommend, uh, has almost certainly prevented my legs from becoming just vestigial organs during the lockdown. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Zojo. Zojo is a cross-platform development tool for creating native apps for desktop, mobile, web, and Raspberry Pi with Android support coming soon as well. Zojo uses native controls, so your app looks and acts as it should on every platform. And you can build your own UI with drag and drop using one straightforward programming language to implement the functionality. With Zojo, you can build apps 10 times faster than with other tools because you can share the code between all of the platforms that you want to support. Using Zojo, you can cross-compile so you can even build a native macOS app right from your PC. Zojo has been around for over 20 years and is great for everyone from new to professional developers alike. With over 400,000 users worldwide, Zojo apps can be found in every conceivable category. Go to zojo.com slash cortex right now. That's x-o-j-o dot com slash cortex and see how many companies you know are using Zojo today. It's free to use for learning and development, but you'll need a license to build standalone applications. Cortex listeners can save 20% with the code cortex at checkout. Go to zojo.com slash cortex and get 20% off with the code cortex. Uh, I have a little, I have a little secret. What's your secret? Do you have a treadmill desk? No, I don't have a treadmill desk. I'm not recording at home today. Oh, are you out? Are you in? Are you in your office? Your outside office? I'm in Mega Studio. You're in Mega Studio. This is the very first podcast recorded from Mega Studio. Oh wow! Yep, I thought it felt special to me to give Cortex that. I was going to say that is that genuinely feels like a really big honor. Well, it feels like the right place, right? Like the 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 whole. I think like the mega name came from the show, and like I've been mm-hmm. chronicling the the studio on this show. It felt mm-hmm. like the. So I would say, you know, people may notice that I sound a little different because I might sound a little different because there's an echo still in here a little bit. I reckon <laughs> I'm like eighty percent there, right? Like there's still more to do, mm-hmm. but I'm at the point where I feel like it's good enough. Like okay. I feel like the the. 
echo in here or like the, the, the level of quality of audio I can get here is about what I would get or what I feel possible when I'm in like a hotel room or something. Mm-hmm. And I've recorded many episodes of Cortex from hotel rooms. So mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I feel good about it. Like I want to give it a go. There's a couple mm-hmm. of things more that we want to do that we still haven't done, which I think will continue to reduce the echo in here. But I'm really pleased with the lengths that we've gone to to make it doable so i figured maybe now's the time and i'll find out in editing just (laughs) how it sounds i suppose like i've been doing tests listen i guarantee you Mm -hmm. no one noticed that anything sounded different until i shouted echo maybe well yeah until you shout but even then people people wouldn't notice right And, and and unless Unless, you know, p- people at this point will be like, oh, I totally know. I knew all the right? time. But, it's like that, it was right. like that time when we recorded two episodes back to back and said, haha, nobody knew. And then some people were like, I could tell, but yes, no one yes, knew. No, I knew no right from the start. Yes, exactly. And it's like, unless, unless you left a comment before you got to this part of the podcast, you didn't really know, right? It's, yeah. It's the same way that people trick themselves when they're doing flashcards to learn something new and like... You can constantly trick yourself into thinking you've given the correct answer, but it's like, no, no, say it out loud before you look at the back of the card, and then you'll find out if you really know what the back of the card says. You know, this is this is the same thing. So I guarantee you, no one will have have noticed. You could have recorded from Mega Studio for a year, and there would never <laughs> have been a peep from anyone about. Oh, does Mike sound different? His echo seems to be ten percent more present than it was when he was working from home. So. Don't worry about that. But congratulations on yeah. being in Mega Studio. That's a big thing to actually be there. Like, is the plan to be recording from here going forward now? No. Okay. No, no. <laughs> I, the th- my thinking is uh, I will start doing more mm-hmm. because, frankly, like, I just am not right now thinking that I will be here all the time. You know, like, we're still limiting how much time we're out of the home because it's a mm-hmm. whole to do, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to get a coffee before we started this show. And like, there's like, a, you know, like I bring the coffee into the studio and then I have to use the hand sanitizer and then the alcohol wipe on the coffee. Like, it's like a whole, right. th- it's too much of a to-do for this to be all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm slowly thinking that I will increase, because as well, like those things that I've just explained, they're just going to become more and more things that I'm used to. So like, maybe there'll be less of a thing that annoy me. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mentioned about the quarantine zone and we didn't have any of that set. Well, like, we've got that now. We're, like, at home in our hallway. It's like, well, nothing will go past this part of the hallway, right? Right, yes, yeah. It's here, and then we can, walk, like, you know, like, nobody touches anything. Shoes come off, like, all that kind of stuff, right? We didn't have any of that, like, set up here as, like, well, this is how that operates. But now we do. Like, Adina bought colored tape, and she drew a box on the ground. <laughs> nothing leaves this box. Right. Right. You come in. We have hand sanitizer on every desk. We have alcohol wipes and we have like food containers and bags. They will stay here and then the stuff will be taken out. Like, so, you know, just doing what you do now. Right. But we didn't have any of that set up here. So it, it wasn't really working. But like we've got that in place and now we've got that in place. We're like, OK, we feel like we understand the transition from outside to into the studio now. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, well... All of the things that I planned on bringing here, computer-wise, I can't do any of it. Mm. So I'm not bringing my iMac here because, one, I'm not going to be recording from here all the time. And two, even if I decided I was, 
that's not the machine that I want to have to bring home in a hurry if we lock down again. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah, that thing is going to go in a moving van when we eventually move all of the studio here. Right. And then it was like, well, but I had always planned that I would do my recording from a laptop, but I'm not buying a laptop right now. For many reasons, <laughs> like the main one of them being like, if I'm buying an Apple laptop in the next six months, I want it to have an Apple Silicon chip in it because why yeah. not? Right. Yeah. I don't really think that the effect is large, but I can imagine that there's a, a significant number of people where the moment Apple said we're, we're making our own chips, all computer purchases are ceased. Yeah, right? of course. Like, I, like I know I'm in that category of like. I'm going to wait, right? I don't care how long it takes. I'm not buying another Intel computer if I can possibly, possibly avoid it. It is really, it's because like the, the Apple Silicon chips are going to be interesting potentially in so many ways in these laptops. I will want one so I can talk about them on shows. Mm. I'm not going to buy two laptops, right? <laughs> so like that's going to wait. But what I have done is I have for a few years now, I think I've had a Mac mini at home just mm. performing some like home servery type tasks. So I brought it here. Mm -hmm. It can do all of those things for me. I can still VNC into it from home if I want to. But that Mac Mini is now here. I had to buy a monitor because couldn't get the one from you. <laughs> right. Yeah. We never we never quite figured out how how this transport is going to happen. Well, I so. just figured because well, we are we agreed to this LG drug deal. Yeah. Before the pandemic. Right. And then at that point, I was like, well, I'm I know I'm not seeing Gray for a long time. And, and I figured mm. if I see you for any reason, the primary reason is not going to be because I want to get a monitor from you. Right. Yeah. That's just not really high on my list. Yes. Would you like to try to transport this home on a train right now? Yeah, no, no not really. <laughs> so I bought a Dell monitor. Hmm. Uh, it's like a, one of the Dell, I think they're called Ultra Sharp monitors mm -hmm. and this is mainly because those lgs are really hard to get right now in you in the uk because i was going to get one of the lg monitors just to, just because then i didn't have to think about will this be supported properly right because i couldn't get one i had i had to do the research i didn't want to do <laughs> right and found out that the monitor that i was going to get was going to be good and it's, it's great like it looks great it's got all of the ports on it that i want and it's on a vesa arm here on the desk which is fantastic i love having the monitor off the desk and like the arm is way back, which it wouldn't be if it was an iMac, right? I'd have to have it closer to me. Mm -hmm. And I have more flexibility with it. I can lift it up. I can move it around. And I'm really happy with that. So that's kind of where I am with the desk. And I've got most of the things set up. I had to buy some extra peripherals. Like I got a new Wacom tablet and stuff like that for this desk, which is stuff I would have bought anyway. Because what I'm trying to do is at the moment is not to get things that won't be used. So like my expectation is at some point, Apple will release a new monitor, which I will want for this desk. Right. But then Adina will then have this Dell for her desk. Right, right. You're, you're planning the pass-me-down path of, of electronics. Exactly. Yeah. And also, like, all of the gear that I'm using here is my travel gear. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's stuff I already had. Because I'm in this in-between, I don't want to buy things technology-wise that are just for the in-between yeah because that's not the way that this thing will be used in the future so so yeah i'm i'm pretty happy with where we're at since obviously i'm comfortable enough to be recording this show there's more to do i've realized that i've kind of to be able to get this place to where i wanted i have had to let go of some of my aesthetic ideals for the studio well, yes. One of the things I've been waiting to ask you for is send me a picture of where you're recording from. Like, I want to see what the setup looks like right now. Well, okay. I can send you some. 
Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen like the, the the little kind of room I constructed for myself, uh, the blankets. Yeah, yeah, it, no, but right? like, yeah, it's di- it's different when you're actually there and you're really recording in it. Like, I want to see what it looks like right now. Like, right, what is what does Mike's recording setup look like? So I'll send you a picture of my desk. When I mean like the aesthetic ideals thing that I'm talking about is for like having this, you know, this little room constructed of big blankets and dividers, right? Mm-hmm. But I've decided that I kind of just have to to let go of that a little bit you know because this thing has to uh, at its core be functional and right. i can make the rest of the studio like be comfortable and look the way that i want it to be but this recording area it has to be fit for purpose and if that means i have to have these really ugly blankets hanging to my each side of the desk then that's just the mm. way it's gonna have to be they seem fine though like it's, it seems like a perfectly fine setup to have those two on either side yeah and it, i don't know it kind of works with the bricks behind it yeah and you'll notice that i'm struggling to get those sound panels to stick to the walls <laughs> well yes the, the sound panels you have a sad sound panel that's fallen there off should the wall be three of them. them i put all three of them up ah uh, okay that, that makes a lot more sense and then we came back first time we came back after the lockdown two of them had fallen off the wall the one on right. the left has somehow managed to stay on the wall Mm-hmm. Like they're light. These panels are actually quite light, but they have these large kind of Velcro strips on them that have an adhesive on the back. And I stuck them on the walls and they were fine. Didn't really think about the fact that these brick walls are very uneven. Yeah, the, the, those 3M adhesives are not going to work on a brick wall. No. That's, that's not going to happen. What I didn't really pay attention to about the fact is that the wall behind me is just a flat wall. <laughs> and really, my desk should have been against that wall. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then it would have been better. So maybe I'll right. move it at some point. Or, you know, I'll do what I can do and just haven't done, which is to just drill some screws into the wall and hang them up that way. But I we have, we have yet to really work out the way. Like, so this is what I'm talking about when I'm like, I'm like 80% of the way there. It's like, I mm-hmm. have these sound panels. They just all haven't gone up yet. I have these sound panels. They're just not absorbing any sound in their current position. They may be absorbing sound, but just not the way that I need them to absorb the sound, right? Like they're mm. pointing in the wrong places. And then I'm going to, the last thing I think we're going to do that will probably be the only thing left to do is to like hang something from above. We're going to bring like a professional in and just like hang these things called like clouds or something mm-hmm. just above me. Because that's where the echo, the, the, the only echo that's left now is just right above my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when that's done, I'll be happy. And ultimately, this is still more better for me for more what I want than to put a room in this studio, which was a thing that many people recommended and a thing that I considered and looked into, right, to get a soundproof room and put it in the studio. And I really didn't want to do that because mm-hmm. I didn't like the idea and I still don't like the idea of like being in this little box because plus mm-hmm. like, it's going to be gruesome in the summer. And, yeah. you know, I, and I, I really, you know, I I left a small room to get a big studio. I don't want to get a big studio and then go into a small room inside of the big studio. <laughs> because even though I have these like curtains to my side or whatever, I still feel like I'm part of this bigger space. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just, I just don't really like the idea of it. And, and, and I, th- you know, and I'm having had all the research done and everything, like I'm pretty happy with where we've gotten to and we just have that one last thing to do. And then I think we're pretty set and then I'll be good to record from here. And then once I'm really comfortable with that, I can start being here all the time and it will be fantastic. Well, it's really exciting that you're, that you're there and, and, re- and recording this first episode. I'm so happy. It just feels like every, <laughs> It's got that effect that, you know, I, I don't know how long this effect will last, but probably quite a while of like, I feel productive when I'm here. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like because the, I have this mentality of like, and and I always felt this way when I would do co work and stuff like that. Of like, if I've left the house to come to this place, I should just get the work done. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I might well be at home. If I'm not going to do the work, don't be here. Go home. Yes. So when I'm here, I'm like, I'm I'm getting more work done. There is always like, um, this is a sort of Hawthorne effect where like, oh, just having done something differently in- improves your productivity. Like that, that always is the case, especially in the situation you're in where you're paying the rent for this to be the office, which is supposed to be like the, the production core of the most valuable work that you do. Keeping that foremost in your mind, I think is, is really helpful and the most important part of that is recognizing like, yeah, if you're not getting work done, get out of there, right? Just like accept that fact and just go <laughs> and try to keep it like a holy place where you're, where you're doing your work. I think I'll be able to do that. Like mm-hmm. I have a comfortable area here, but it's still to be worked in because mm-hmm. right? not all of my work needs to be at desks. Sometimes I'm just reading stuff and I would like somewhere comfortable to sit to read. But like being in this space just has a different feel to it. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel like my home at all. And that was mm-hmm. the whole point of getting this place in the in the first place. It was like having somewhere out of home where I can come and get my work done and then go home and then there's no more work done. Mm. When I initially decided this, we were like the world is very different. Mm-hmm. And even though I was working at home, I was also leaving my home to do things social things and whatever Mm -hmm. not doing that now so much so i have that at home feeling like the working at home living at home completely at home feeling even more than i did when i decided i wanted an out of home studio (laughs) yes right so i'm a very appreciative of having this place now and i think is gonna it will continue to be of great use to us as time goes on but we've just got to get the last little bits done and we'll be good. So I'm, I'm but like super happy that we're here and we find, I've finally been able to record a podcast from this place. Congratulations on getting that done. I am extremely envious of your non home place to work. That's, that's really great that you have that. Well, whenever you want to break the seal on your quarantine, I'll set up a desk for you. <laughs> nice try. I mean it. You ever want it? You can have it. You know. Yes. No. We're not. We're not going to. We're not going to break the seal just yet. Mm-hmm. That's why I said whenever. Right. <laughs> it made me smile because just as this whole thing began, I was really trying to trying to find another office outside of my house to work in, and obviously that that got cut short. But one of the places that I was I was looking at they're like oh we don't we don't have any space available for you for for what you need I just got this email from them yesterday and they were like hey you messaged us months ago about trying to find a space here well we have have anything you need right (laughs) and and what was really great is like I, I was talking to them about one space where I was like oh this could work but they wanted me to sign like a two-year contract. And I was like, forget that. Like, are you crazy? No way. And th- this email that came from them was like, short-term, long-term, big, small, <laughs> anything you need, we got it, buddy. Like, we can, we can do what like you want. Would you like us to knock down the wall between two spaces? <laughs> we'll do it. Do you want to just rent it for a week? No problem. Yeah, yeah it, was, <laughs> it was just such a funny email oh, to get. Tough, and, and it's like, whoa. They have, they have got to be hurting because I, I also imagine like 
my email must have been at the like someone's going through their inbox for the past year trying to find everyone who's ever contacted them about looking for a place and just messaging them you know and, and even for me i was like well you know because of our situation like i can't i can't break quarantine yet i'd love to help you guys out and help me out at the same time but i cannot help you so uh you know good luck filling those seats guys this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace and create a website for your next idea. It's so easy to use and they have all of the tools that you're going to need. Squarespace will give you the ability to customize a beautiful award-winning template so your website is going to look fantastic and you can even give it a unique domain name so people will be able to find your website easily. No matter what type of website you want to make, they have the tools. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade and they back everything up 24-7 customer support. So if you need any help or the person that you're telling to set up a Squarespace account, if they need any help, they're going to have 24-7 customer support right there. Squarespace make everything easy. It's super easy to build a blog, a portfolio, an online store, a site for your business. And when I say about an online store, you can sell physical and digital goods with Squarespace. They have so much built-in stuff. It's your one-stop shop. You can even send out email campaigns now with Squarespace as well. I have been using Squarespace for a decade at this point. When I want to build a website, it's where I go because I know I can do it and it's super easy. I don't want to spend a ton of time getting everything set up. Once I have an idea, I want to get it out into the world. Squarespace lets me do that in a really great, really professional looking way. Don't just take my word for it. Go and sign up for a trial today. Go to squarespace.com slash cortex. No credit card required and you can try it out for yourself. But when you're ready to sign up for a plan, they start at just $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain when you use the offer code cortex at checkout. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash cortex and the code cortex to get 10% off your first purchase and to support the show. A thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. So you published a little video. Would we call it a little video? It was... Let me say why I'm calling it that, actually. Okay. It was shorter than the videos you've been doing recently. What? It was pretty timely because it was related to some news that was going on. Yeah. And visually, it was more typical gray style. <laughs> what, is that? what does typical gray style mean? I don't know what that means. The old style. Ah, okay. Right? Well, like, I think it's very fair to say that, like, your videos of late have been much more ambitious visually. Mm -hmm. This was more like the standard stick figure style, you know? There was no mm -hmm. spinning spaceships or... Uh, little animations that I don't know. Am I saying this right? I don't know what I'm. <laughs> I don't know what I hate when you ask me that question because I know what I mean. I think everyone knows what I'm saying if they've seen it. But then it, I feel like I'm being critical of the work of your anime, no, which is not no, what no, I'm no. intending to do. You're you're not being critical at all. The re the reason I ask is because I just I always think it's very interesting with any kind of media consumption is when you watch something, you have a response to it. And it's often hard to articulate why you have that response, mm, okay. right? And so I, I was asking, not because I'm, I'm like, is Mike criticizing this different style? It's just more like, I wanted to see what are you picking up on? All right, I'm watching it now again, and I know what, <laughs> oh, I, I know okay. what it is now. Okay, what are you picking up on? Nothing's moving. Yes, okay, that, like, that is the key difference Great. right there that you, that you like... 
this is one of those you don't notice but your brain does mm-hmm. moments where it's like it's hard to articulate unless you go back and you're really trying to pay attention but that is the key difference nothing right. is moving everything is static slides or like yes. the movement that i just saw was like that could have been done in powerpoint yes right. yeah yeah that is a key difference there's there's no um oh, i always forget what it's called but th- there's a there's a visual effect i really like that we did in the pirates video where if you are panning the camera horizontally, like across a scene, mm-hmm. you can have the the distant background moves less than the foreground. No one ever really notices it, but it gives it a sense of depth of like, oh, those oh. those trees are further away oh, than the ship. That's right. Smart. Yeah. And the yeah. stick figure is closer to the camera than the ship is. Mm-hmm. Right. But that kind of stuff's a real pain in the ass to do, as you might imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, but but yeah, so no, you're t- like it's just interesting to me that like you you pick up straight away of like, wait, is this a little video? Something about it feels different. And it's little stuff like that that I think you're noticing. Like, yeah, there's no motion in the video or there's very minimal motion in the video. And my voice is also a little bit different in the video because I didn't do a hundred takes and the writing style is slightly different. So there's, there's a lot of things about that video that to me register as yeah, and it's like clearly very different. The just like, you know, it's a, it's a paper texture video, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, the background is all the the CGB gray paper texture, whatever you would call it. Which mm-hmm. again, there are just recently not many videos that you've put out which have that visual style to them. Which was the style when it was just you, mm-hmm. and so like it is quite different in those ways. Which is why I would say it's a little video, and and I can and I understand exactly why because you are making a video about something that happened just a few weeks ago, and. Anyone that's listened to this show for long enough knows that it is incredibly rare for you to put something out <laughs> like that. Um, with maybe the exception of the lockdown productivity video, but at the same time, you nearly killed yourself making that video. And I'm pretty confident that like that wasn't what happened here. Like you, I'm sure you were very busy for a few days, but like it's a quite a different thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this... this um to put it in context here, so yeah, the little video that I put out is titled The Supreme Court Rules on Faithless Electors. And yes, it, this is another electoral college kind of video. And basically the, the way this happened is, you know this, Mike, because you use like the YouTube studio. That's the, the behind the scenes app. But when you're managing your YouTube channel as like someone who owns a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. you see comments coming in from all of the videos yeah. uh, in one place. Yeah. And this is actually quite useful as a creator because sometimes it allows you to catch, oh, something's going on with this video in a way that you wouldn't notice otherwise. Oh, right. Like the algorithms picked it up. So there's new activity on this video. Yeah. 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 So like, oh, there's a bunch of comments on an old video that I can see are coming in. Why is that? And so I I was just doing something in the YouTube back end and I saw that there were a bunch of new comments on the national popular vote interstate compact video that I'd made. And all the comments were like, oh, well, this plan is dead. This plan is killed now. It's, this is never going to happen. You know, boohoo, sad faces. And so, of course, that immediately caught my attention. I was like, what's going on with this? And I looked it up. And there <laughs> you find out your news from YouTube comments on your old videos. I, I mean, look, this, <laughs> we can here. Here's the thing. 
here's here's the thing we can actually get to talking about the news in a second okay but this is one of the many mechanisms by which when i constantly proselytize to people hey guys you don't need to actively follow the news like news will find you whether you're trying to actively pursue it or not like you just don't think of all of the little sieves in your life and this is totally one of those mechanisms Mm -hmm. of like oh something must have happened in the world related to the electoral college and now i need to figure it out because i can see there's a bunch of comments on this nine month old video now all of a sudden So I looked it up and there was a recent Supreme Court ruling having to do with the faithless electors. And so here's what happened. This was this was an evening time and I was just Googling around and trying to figure out what it was. And I did come across a bunch of news stories that were reporting on this. Like the headlines were Supreme Court bans faithless electors, you know, faithless electors illegal says supreme court you know this kind of stuff and i was like oh that's really quite surprising that's that's quite shocking that the supreme court would step in on this issue in such a forceful way and of course when once you start digging through the details it's not remotely that it's like it's more subtle than the headlines are are portraying but so i spent an evening trying to like dig around and figure out what this was and then I eventually got to the actual Supreme Court. Uh, they put out like a PDF of here's the summary of our judgment that you can read through. And it's surprisingly readable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was looking through that and it was it was interesting. And I kind of thought, oh, well, this was just an, an evening's idle curiosity explored of like, oh, OK, well, now now I know what the deal was, why this video was was being more active. But as happens sometimes the next morning I just woke up mad like I was still thinking about it and the reason I was mad is I was is I was mad at all the stupid headlines that I'd come across from the day before of like is it that hard to write a headline that isn't explicitly wrong about what has actually occurred right like there's no ban nothing has been made illegal there was just like a reaffirmation of a 150 year old verdict in the Supreme Court like the case was a total nothing it was just like, yeah, we're reaffirming a state's rights issue in the U.S. Nothing had changed. The Supreme yeah. Court just reminded everybody of something that already existed, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, I was even thinking like, I don't know why the Supreme Court even took this case. Like, why did they, what was the deal here? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> the way it works is like the, the Supreme Court obviously gets thousands and thousands and thousands of cases submitted yeah. to them every year. Mm-hmm. Part of the whole process is that the court picks which cases they're going to rule on and i mean it's not unreasonable to assume that they pick cases because there's something in particular that they think was either wrong or is like really important to make sure that like there's a verdict on this one way or another so like supreme court news watchers you can make pretty good guesses that if if say like a case where someone who has been convicted and is in prison, if their case has made it all the way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court has accepted that case, smart money is on the verdict is going to be overturned, right? Like that's part of why they accepted the case. Right. So I don't even know why they accepted this case in the first place because it was just such a boring nothing. But I woke up like angry at the news headlines I had read the previous day and it's like, Why did they have to write it as though a thing was different? 
And so, as happens sometimes when you wake up angry, is like straight to the keyboard, you know, <laughs> type, 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 type. Like I'm just really annoyed uh, about this, and basically realized I had very quickly written most of what was a pretty decent, quick little update script. And then decided, you know what, I'm going to drop the other thing that I'm working on right now. And let me just see if I can rush a quick and very intentionally light little video around this topic. And this is just one of these cases of the stars aligning. Like, it's a topic I'm already incredibly well-versed in, so I don't need to, like, re-research a bunch of stuff. Uh, The video script itself can, you know, the majority of it is just a recap of the situation so that you can understand what the verdict is with a little bit of me like sticking the knife into the news about like these headlines are lying to you and then telling you like nothing has occurred here. But yeah, so it just sort of happened very quickly. And a thing that's been on my mind for a while and goes all the way back to September and changing the business model is I was very aware that like, when the channel was younger, I did feel a lot freer to occasionally make just shorter videos on whatever, like on a really small thing. Oh, right. Yeah, because it just as a refresher, it's the idea that like if the Patreon was triggered on a per video basis, you felt like maybe you needed to have a real big point to each video. Yeah. So, so yeah, th- this is, this is exactly like one of the things that was on my mind mm. is triggering it per video now constantly brought up the question of like, does this video count? Right. Or does this video not count? Oh yeah. Because you could choose, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. I was choosing like, if I published a video, was this going to count or was it going to not count? That's a lot to put on yourself. Yeah, and it, and it was a thing that over the course of a couple of years, uh, I recognized was genuinely becoming a real problem in the way that I was thinking about topics and like working on stuff. And so when I was making that decision to switch last September or, or October or whenever it was, one of the things that I had in mind was what I was thinking of as light gray. Right. Like, hey, you know, what would be nice if I can make some light gray videos. Mm. Not everything needs to be like big and serious. I can intentionally try to just keep it on my mind of like, hey, man, you've got the option to just try and do something that's simpler and shorter sometimes. Now, of course, like there's always costs with doing any kinds of projects so you know one of the things i've talked about a lot this year is the change to my workflow of like oh i have things that are topic locked and i'm, I'm trying to really stick to that and it's very helpful and something like this breaks that rule a little bit of hey we're going to drop everything for this week and just do this one quick thing you know like i don't want to do that very often because i think that does have other consequences But it's useful to keep in mind of like when the stars align, that can make sense to do. And since changing the way my business works, this has been on my mind of like, just keep your eye on the horizon for if this case comes up, this is now an option that's available and you can just do. And it's not something you have to agonize about. Does this video count? And if it doesn't count, does it make sense to work on? You know, so 
I have to say, I'm, I'm really pleased with the way this has gone of, of just like, okay, I can make a little thing. I can put it up. It's totally fine. And it's another way in which I'm grateful that like through the support of my audience, I have options to make different sorts of stuff. And I'm always very careful to not say like, hey, I'm going to be able to make more because that's not just the way my channel works. Mm -hmm. But I have the ability to like put out a smaller thing like this sometimes. And I think everybody is happier to like have the video than to not have the video. And it's nice to, as the creator, be able to think, oh, there's just something smaller here that I can do. Right. It is very interesting looking at a bunch of my older stuff to realize how short some of the videos are. The amount of stuff that I have, which is under two minutes from the older, older back catalog is surprisingly high. But yeah, so this I viewed as in some ways the start again of this kind of video. Smaller, simpler, and that can be okay. So I've, I've made like, to try to help myself think about it, I've actually put it as like another playlist genre thing on my YouTube channel of like, oh, hey, there's the main videos and here are the light gray videos, you know, so maybe your expectations in watching these can be a little lower and that's fine. And, you know, because there's there's other things to watch here as well. And they don't have the same amount of pressure as like the main videos do. And that's also one of the things you might be picking up on is even in the video thumbnail, like it doesn't have the official little line and CGP gray logo on the side. It's just like, oh, this is a regular thumbnail to try to visually indicate like this video is different from the others. It's a little bit of like an off sequence kind of video. I'm looking at that. Okay. So the logo on the left side, that's the key, right? Yeah. So the logo on the left side, yeah. I feel like I put those on serious videos in some in yeah because i can see like the video about your youtube suspension right the, and then all the, the footnote videos and stuff like that they don't have it that's cool that's a nice little branding trick yeah again i don't think anybody consciously notices it mm. but it's something i just try to do to enforce like here is this distinction and so i just just going through the back catalog and trying to collect up all of the here's the random other videos and put them in one place and like, yeah. okay, great. Now this is a genre. We have official heavy, serious, like gray explains many, many, many drafts, hundreds of hours of animation mm -hmm. kind of videos. And then down at the bottom, it's like, Oh, here's the, here's the other stuff. Here's the light gray stuff. You know, enjoy. I hope you like it. Do you see this as a shift to your theme? Do you think? No, no, no. I, I th like the what I think of this is, I mean, Mike, you know this as well, right? When when you have a direct dependency on the audience for what you're making, it intrinsically changes the way that you think about things. And so I just really think that for my YouTube channel in particular, ultimately going to the per video thing it made sense for a little while but it grew into more of a problem than it was worth and so switching to monthly got rid of that problem and now 
allowed me to to go back to a thing that I used to do more frequently, but just died out as the problem of like, does this video count grew more and more in my mind? So I, I don't think it's it's a new direction. It's a little bit of a return to optionality, right. I think is the is the way that I would I would put it. Okay. But yeah, it's also totally mind-blowing from my perspective to have a video be conceived of and then uploaded in such a short period of time. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Talking about yearly themes. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about yearly themes a little bit today because mm-hmm. I think I may have mentioned this on a previous episode. Yeah, you, you sneak peeked this last time that there's going to be an update to your yearly theme. The update is I have a new one. Right, year of refinements, no, no more. Well, I'll get to that. So okay. just as a quick aside, I thought that this isn't a full-on yearly themes episode in the sense like we're not going to go into the full backstory. I don't think you are going to have a new yearly theme today. Um, no. If you are new to the show, you don't know what a yearly theme is. We set these typically at the beginning of every year and they are like our guides for the year. It might be a word or a phrase and it kind of has a lot of meaning behind it and there's a lot of offshoots from it and what that means and then it will help us kind of shape what we want to achieve in a year. Um, If you want more background than this, you can go and listen to episode 95 of the show, which was our 2020 yearly themes episode where we talk a lot about it and set our themes. And then there's also a wonderful uh, YouTube video that Gray made about themes and like whether they're yearly or quarterly or seasonal, but like the idea as to what a theme is. So you can go and get a lot of information from those if you want a bit more of a background to it. So what I want to do is I want to recap my theme uh, mm-hmm. because I'm not going to recap this theme anymore. The year of refinement is is done. <laughs> okay, so, so so this is the post-mortem on year of refinement. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope that it will come back at some point in the future, but I think it will become very clear why the theme is over for me mm-hmm. because, frankly, I just feel like, in a nutshell, I can't achieve what I wanted to uh, achieve from when I set out this year for, for what I wanted this theme to be. No. And I thought about trying to adapt it and just like take that meaning and put it to other things. And I was thinking about that for a while, but ultimately I ended up landing on something which is quite different mm-hmm. and, and made much more sense than me just uh, trying to find ways to make refinement fit to the other things. Because frankly... I'm not in refinement at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's just not where I am. And it's not what my focus is because I've yeah. upended so much of my life in the last few months. It's not refinement. Yeah. And, and even just that thing of trying to refit the theme, I feel like, no, no, no. If you're trying to make it fit something new, like it's al- it's already a bad sign. Like it, it should feel like a natural fit. You shouldn't be trying to make it rework it. More of what I meant was, and this has happened for me in past years, I will have something come up that I think about mm-hmm. or has come my way. And I think to myself, would this fit in my yearly theme? And then I kind of look at my yearly theme and be like, okay, it fits if I think about it in these ways. And then great, I'll move forward with it. Because mm-hmm. like now I feel like this does make sense for my yearly theme. So like I did that. I was like, I was like, okay, so stuff like membership, right? And more tax. Does that fit in the year of refinement? Let me think. Well, I could say, and, and then very quickly it was like, you know what? That doesn't. And if yeah. I'm going to really focus on this in the way that I want to, I need to put the year of refinement away. 
Mm-hmm. So because we won't review the year of refinement next year when we do our 2021 yearly themes, mm-hmm. I wanted to do that now because it will yeah. also, I think, give a little understanding as to why I think I have to put this theme to bed. So I had a few different areas that I wanted to focus on. So first was to do what I kind of considered is to better myself in the ways that I was interested in. So understanding more on food, understanding more on culture. Well, the opportunities that that I wanted <laughs> to give myself, I can't do. So right. like, you know, like obviously I'm not eating at restaurants at all, which was part of it, but also was to take courses and stuff. Like I mentioned that wine was a thing that I was interested in. Well, I had a couple of courses booked, but like I'm not doing them. Mm-hmm. I've, one of them has been moved to way later in the year. Like, and really the year of refinement, like a lot of it was focused around this very first point. So the fact that I can't really do any of that the way that I want to makes me feel like I liked this theme a lot and everything that it stood for for me because it was a lot more focused on taking time this year for me, just for mm-hmm. me. And being that as like a part thing that I wanted to work on was myself. I want to do this, but I'll do it when the world is in a different place. The other thing was hobbies. And the main hobby that I'd set that I was excited about and interested in was like pottery. And that requires going to places. Or getting a pottery wheel for your house. You can't put a pottery wheel in your home. It has to be like, well, you can, but then you'll ruin whatever room (laughs) you put it in, right? People tend to put them in basements or in sheds. I haven't got either of those. (laughs) I do have, Adina did buy me a a wonderful little gift of like a a hand clay thing. So I'm going to try that out. But what I really want to do with the pottery stuff is wheel based right like to, mm-hmm. to actually do things on a pottery wheel and again i know i enjoyed that and i know i want to do more of it so when i can i will go back to it but that's not going to happen anytime soon i have gotten kind of two things in my life now which i do consider more of uh, new interests mm-hmm. one is like over the last few weeks we've been watching a lot of movies we are typically tv show people for home viewing mm-hmm. because we like to binge shows but we decided well what if we just like quote-unquote binge movies pick a director pick an actor watch a bunch of their stuff Hmm. so we've been doing that which is because i love movies but just never really watch movies at home very often and this has been like a good reason to to watch movies it's because at home i like kind of dependable viewing right so like Mm -hmm. you pick a thing and you start watching that thing like binging a tv show and you know like this is what that tv show is going to be for a while and that's your show Mm -hmm. and movies are like well it could be anything and also like movie to movie do you have any idea what the quality is going to be like you're going to like them right like but what i found is in picking certain directors or actors if you like their work, there's typically a through line. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thing to do for this concept of binging movies, of, of picking a director, or picking an actor, because like with many things in life, there's options that you think of as like the high variance option and the low variance option. And TV shows are the low variance option. Like, oh, yeah, you kind of know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. There's just the question of a season changeover, you know, and especially like a writing team changeover. But like generally you're getting what you know. Mm-hmm. And then movies are the high variance outcome, which is why it can be hard to pick them. Like I, th- I think of our viewing habits and it is always the same thing. Like 
aspirationally you want to watch a movie and then you sort of fall back you on stare at the Netflix TV show. And be like, yes. I don't even know what kind of movie I want to watch, let yes. alone like if any of these <laughs> ones will be the right ones. Yeah, yeah. And and so it's like, oh, there's an hour of not picking a movie and then and that is exactly settling on the it, office. Right. It's yeah. like say, I want to watch a movie. And I'm like, well, what movie and then like I never know what to pick. Like I get real like paralysis of choice with home movie viewing. I can never mm. know what to go for. And so I typically will just watch comedies because they feel like the safest option yeah. for me. But So we've been, you know, like we started with like, uh, watched a bunch of Tarantino movies mm-hmm. because I, th- I think it was just like, I wanted to watch Reservoir Dogs. I'd never seen it. Mm. And I was like, well, let's just watch a bunch of these. Then I just was like, well, why don't we watch we've watched like a bunch of Tarantino movies, which all are kind of violent or like gangstery. So I was like, you know what I want to watch? Oh, why don't we watch The Departed, which is a movie that I really like. And I wanted to show it to Adina. And I was like, you know what? I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's watch a bunch of Leonardo DiCaprio movies. So that's, that's kind mm-hmm. of like the, where we're going at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like a, my favorite director is Martin Scorsese, and he has directed a bunch of Leonardo DiCaprio movies. So once right. we're done with Leonardo DiCaprio movies, I think I then want to move on to just watching a bunch of Scorsese movies. So like mm. I think this might be where we go for a while, of just like following these chains. But it's like, well, we don't have to... All we have to do is, which Leonardo DiCaprio movie are going to watch today? Yeah. And that's way easier than like which movie. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's a yeah. million times easier. Mm-hmm. I'm always struck by the absurdity of the situation, which is like, okay, turn on Apple TV. Now I have all media produced by humans available for me to watch. <laughs> and, and it's like and I kind of don't want to watch any of these things. Yes. Right? Like it is an absurd position to be in. It's it's yeah. I don't know. So I, I, I have to say, I've, I'm giving two thumbs up to this algorithm of yours. I think this is a great idea to try to constrain it in some way by director or mm-hmm. actor. I think that's a fantastic idea. And I like it because it gives you the ability to have a little bit of continuity in the comparison game mm-hmm. of, oh, what is this actor like? compared to these previous two movies and like it gives you a different level to think about and enjoy what you're watching so i I really like this this is a great idea and i I like it because like i said i really do love movies and and but i just find myself never watching them at home so it's nice to be able to get into that a little bit more you know because typically like you know like a movie will end and we'll talk about it a bit and we don't do that after we watch like three tv shows there's nothing to to talk about typically right like Mm. with, with most shows but like a, a good movie will leave you thinking about something or wanting to talk about like, oh, I liked these choices that they made or I, I'm not sure what I thought about this. Or Oh, we mm. also watched a bunch of Christian Bale. Oh, no, we started, we didn't start with Scorsese. We started with Christopher Nolan. To, oh, no, we started with Tarantino. Then we did Christopher Nolan. This is not important. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the other thing that I've gotten People need in, to know, Mike. They must know. The other thing that I've really gotten into recently is Formula One. Oh, okay, so this is, this is going to be your sport to follow? Yes, actually. We watched the Netflix documentary, Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just stupendous. And both me and Adina really enjoyed it. So then we were like, well, let's give Formula One a go. And we love it. 
And so we're just going to keep doing it. And it's a nice thing because it's something that we both got into at the same time with not really too much knowledge beforehand. Mm -hmm. So it's like something that it's not one or the other, like saying like, oh, you should, I like this thing. I think you might like it too. There's none of that involved. So yeah, it's really cool. And it's like in, in the sense for me of like, there's a lot that happens around it, which I can choose to follow or not. And that makes it feel more like an interest than just watching something. Mm. You know, you can read the news about it. You can listen to podcasts about it, and there's YouTube. You know, it's, it's like a it's it's a sport, right? Like I'm, I feel like I'm trying to explain sport to people now, <laughs> but I've never been a sport person. But this mm. one's just in the kind of the intersection for me, where for whatever reason I I'm enjoying it. So I feel like I've this is the part that I've actually had the most success in, which mm. is introducing things which are refreshed or new for me that I would consider hobbies or interests. Mm -hmm. The next part that I wanted to do in the year of refinement is to refine my work focus, like making some small adjustments is what I said. Yeah, just just some tweaks, just some tweaks Here to the work. Here or there, yeah. just like little bits. You're, yeah, everything's going great, just like, mm -hmm. oh, just a little tightening, little adjustments. That's, yeah, that's what this year is going to be for your business. There has been no small adjustments. Every adjustment is massive. So small adjustments just can't cut it right now, right? Yeah. For what I'm doing or where I am. And then the last part was to kind of refine what I'm known for. And that was kind of in through working on new projects and, and looking at different areas of type of stuff that I cover. And the show that I do with Austin Evans, The Test Drivers, is part of that and was part of that idea because it's talking about different types of computing platforms, different types of devices from different types of manufacturers to what I usually mm -hmm. cover. But it's stuff that I care about but don't usually get to talk about. There's still more I want to do in that area. And I think this will be something that I'll come back to more in the future. I like where I've gotten to with this. But basically, I cannot right now just focus on me. Right. It's not about what I am known for. That's not, that can't be my focus right now. It was going to be, but it can't be now. I have to mm -hmm. look at things much more broadly at the moment. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, the year of refinement is just not the right theme for now. Too much has changed around me. I don't feel like I'm the same person that I was six months ago. Right. And nor do I feel like I can permit myself to just fuss on these internal things. Uh, fuss is a terrible word there, but that's perfect. Yeah. You did have a sort of fussy theme for this year. And that, that's, that was by design. Yeah. And, that, and that's totally fine. Like, but fuss is just, it, it could not be more misaligned with the reality of the previous six months. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ooh, I'm going to try <laughs> some yeah. wine. <laughs> I'm going to go to a pottery class. <laughs> that was where I was in my life because I'd, gotten, right. I'd, I'd worked really hard for years mm. and things were nice and stable. Yeah. Now it's time to relax and focus on some of the, the enjoyable frivolities of life, mm -hmm. right? And they're like, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. I mean, not only does it not feel right, it's mm -hmm. also just not what I want to prioritize. Mm -hmm. So I have a brand new yearly theme. Oh, wow. This is the first on Cortex. Yeah. The, the mid-year switch. So I'm very excited. Yeah, because I have in the past, I added some stuff in. I have retired some stuff, mm -hmm. but I've never gone like, all right, that one's done. Here's a new one. 
And mm. my plan is that this will just run to the end of this year, and then I'll pick a new theme for 2021, which will probably be more in line with this one than Refinement, because I don't expect the world to have changed that much in the next six months. But mm. who the hell knows anymore, right? Anyway, so... Six months is a long time now, Mike. It's both a short and long amount of time. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by ExpressVPN. It's fair to say that we all want to browse the internet without having the rest of the world know what we're doing, right? That's what we want. So we use incognito windows sometimes. Maybe you've got something you want to keep just to yourself. You don't want the world knowing about it. But did you know that even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced even if you clear your browser history? doesn't matter where you get your internet from because your ISP can see every single website that you have ever visited. That's why even when at home, it's a great idea to use ExpressVPN. I use ExpressVPN and I think that you should too. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites that you visit. It's available on all of your devices, your phone, your computer, even your smart TV, so there's no excuse to not be using it, to not give it a try. I use ExpressVPN and I'm super happy with how fast it works. I'm super happy with how easy it is to connect it. I just tap a button, it lives in the menu bar on my Mac. I have the iOS app installed whenever I want to turn it on, super quick easy to do. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Go to expressvpn.com slash Cortex and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Just go try it out today at expressvpn.com slash Cortex. Go there right now and you can learn more and get that three months free on a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. My yearly theme for the rest of 2020 is called The Year of Shift. Hmm. This name was inspired by my co-founder, Stephen Hackett. He is of the gray mindset of giving project names to all projects. And when we started working on the membership stuff to change over to introduce the membership bonus content for shows like this one, he called it Membership. Oh, that's good. I thought it was a very clever name. It was a funny name. And then the word shift just kept bouncing around in my brain. Mm -hmm. So I have a few points that I'm focusing on that are all around shifting. Mm -hmm. First is shifting business model for me and my company. So this is in membership focus, right? So creating this whole new platform for us to offer more membership content. That's one part. And then also continuing to move the sales away from me. Um, which is something that I was doing more slowly before, but now I think is a thing that I want to continue with more gusto so I can continue working on content more, mm. which is the other big part. So I'll just move straight into that, which is for shifting my focus. So I want my focus now to be more on caring about content creation than running the business. Because that's where, I mean, I I spoke about this in our last episode quite a lot, so I don't want to rehash a lot of it. But I want to make sure that the content that I'm making is so good now that people will happily pay for more of it. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that I want to keep doing. And so like that means working hard on making sure that the membership stuff is good, but also that the shows themselves are good. So people enjoy, they want to keep listening and they're like, you know what? I would like more of that. So that is like a focus that I want to continue doing. It's a model that I want to follow. You know, I want my model now to be making the stuff as good as possible, 
for the people that are listening rather than how do I keep growing the shows to increase our ad rates. Right, right. So it's the focus being more on what's here than what it could be. Lots of, a lot of content creators will do their best to make their content as good as it can be in the hopes that it will grow their audience. Mm-hmm. And we want to grow our audiences for a few reasons. One of them is because if your content is advertising-focused, your ads are worth more money if your audience is larger. Right? Right. And that drives a type of thinking. And it's not saying that that makes shows less or more enjoyable, but it's just a, a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I want to make stuff that's so good that people will share it, or I want to make stuff that's going to be a big splash, right? But now I think I'm more in the focus of, like, how do I create content which is in and of itself interesting for the people that already care? Mm. And I, as of right now, do not really know what that means or how different those things are but it's more acknowledging the change in my thinking Mm -hmm. that I want to make this stuff as good as it can possibly be for the love of making the thing, Mm -hmm. which when you are trying to start and grow a business, you can lose sight of a little bit because you are in growth. Like that's where you are. Your mind is in like, I need to get this thing to a point where it can be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And I'd done that, but it just never really changed my thinking just like this was the way we did it this is what i do this is how it's done and what i want to do now and what i am doing now is taking a step back and thinking like am i making the best stuff i can possibly make Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm kind of shifting my attention towards so this this is it's quite hard to nail this part down Mm-hmm. Like this is a very new way of thinking. But yeah, but like I, I just think you're going through a little bit of the early stages of finding your brain, considering what does it mean to have a membership program. Yes, right? and, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. This this is like I'm I'm here with you, man. It's like you know this shift is. It's different in the way that you think about things in a lot of intangible and difficult to explain ways. But I think you did really, you have articulated well one of them, which is that if you're you're running a business, you have all of these different models. And of course, with all business models, like growth in general is a good thing, but some models are more tied to the necessity of growth than others and advertising is much more strongly correlated with continual and constant growth than membership programs are and so i I think you're just your brain is just starting to feel out the edges of like oh what do these different things mean like now i have a business that that's balancing these two aspects instead of just having a business that's advertising dependent what does that mean for the kind of content that i'm producing or the way that i think about shows and like that's something that you have to figure out for yourself but it does just change the way you think about stuff to in this shift be much more focusing on the membership side of it and the like the direct relationship with the audience 
than the advertising side of it. And then similarly, I also want to make sure that I'm shifting my attention on shows correctly. Which shows need the most effort? Mm -hmm. Which shows require it? And making sure that I am serving all of those properly. Mm -hmm. So that's like another part of this. Uh, also, like in shifting my finances, like thinking about where my money is spent. Mm -hmm. Like I think this is just a good time to do that. Mm -hmm. It's a time of risk for everybody, right? And it's just making me think, okay, now that I'm spending money in different places because like I'm not traveling, stuff like that, mm -hmm. I'm just making sure that I have different sets of savings. I'm making sure that like just thinking more about where that's going now, right? Like it's just mm -hmm. a time to reset that, which I think is useful for everybody every now and then. I'm also shifting product creation for Cortex brand. So this has been a long time coming. We will have more to say on this in the future, but we've been working hard on what we've always spoken about, which was a version two of the theme system journal. Mm -hmm. uh, there is still some version one for sale, hopefully quite soon, but then that will be the last stock of the version one of the book. Mm -hmm. So we've been making tweaks for the journal and I'm now going to be much more involved in the day-to-day -day of how these things are actually produced and made. So mm -hmm. that's been a big project, a very big project that I want to follow up on in the future. And then the last part of the year of shift is to... So if I was going to bring one thing of the year of refinement into this, it would be a little bit about thinking about me in certain ways. And the way that I brought it over into the year of shift is to shift my mental energy. So still trying to find time for myself somewhere in all of this, mm -hmm. right? Which mm -hmm. I, I still want to be able to make sure that I'm doing. But the place that I've landed on with the thing that I want to do the most now is in learning different technology things. So playing with apps and systems, because I love to do that. Mm-hmm. And there's some stuff out there that I really want to dig into a little bit more that I just haven't. I've been putting off for a while. Like what? Like do you have? A, like I'm, I'm sort of curious about what you the specifics of what you mean by this. If you can, if you can say at this point in time, Microsoft Word. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. But that's why I've been thinking about that. Um, mm -hmm. And then looking at stuff like Notion, right? Like why do people use it? Like I need, I want to know. And the app drafts. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to look into that a little bit more again. And look, I, re I, I don't want to get into this now. I don't know if I'm ever going to want to get into this. Mm -hmm. But do I ever want to think about like, okay, like, like app development? Now, I don't want to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But I, th I think I might want to at least just try. Mm -hmm. And I pr it's my, this is probably not going to be this year. But with the stuff that Apple's doing around Swift and SwiftUI, I kind of feel like if I was ever going to try, mm -hmm. it would be kind of around now where there is a little bit of a reset going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had some like very basic ideas and I've seen a lot of the, the things that Swift and SwiftUI can do. And I see when people say like, oh, like this is a basic project and it doesn't require that much code. And I'm looking at those things and like the ideas that I've had, it would fit in these what look like to be simple applications. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of a thought where I'm like, well, if I'm ever going to try, maybe it's sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if that's now. I don't know if that's in six months, a year or never. But it has just been 
in the back of my mind a little bit more. But I have other things that I want to get to before that. But Mm -hmm. these are the types of things where, like... And and again, like, you know, I I think I was saying on the last episode that, like, I felt iOS 13 kind of passed me by. Mm -hmm. Like, I've really been digging into iOS 14 a lot. I'm just, like, really trying to understand it way more than I did with iOS 13. Because that's what I love to do, and I actually benefit from knowing this stuff. I should know <laughs> right, this yes. stuff in detail. <laughs> yes, being a domain expert in these sorts of things is a core competency that yeah. is valuable to you across many different properties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, really just making sure that I'm spending that time, which is useful, but also stuff that I enjoy. So that's kind of a thing that I've been thinking about and looking at. There's also like a bunch of really weird new email products that exist, and I want to dig into those because why not so like this is like a thing that i want to do like when i have time i want to spend that time learning in different ways mm-hmm. and that was part of what the year of refinement included but what i've decided is if i'm going to spend that time i want it to be things that i care about but things that still do matter for my work mm. because if i can do that you know what i might make the shows better and that's what i want to do yeah yeah, that makes sense. That shift in focus of, oh, I'm, I'm not learning about the fancier, finer stuff at the edges, right? Like you want to you wanna spend more time on the stuff that's more core to you. Mm-hmm. That really does make a lot of sense this year as, as opposed to the, the previous theme. And yeah, I would also say if there's anyone listening who they're, they're thinking about shifting their themes and they're thinking about computer programming, it's like, this is clearly another time to get started in that sort of thing. Like like you said, maybe not this year, maybe next year, who knows. But like, it does feel very clearly that we're all on the edge of another major transition. And like, this isn't a bad time to be considering that sort of thing if it's on your horizon at all of just like look into the technology in, in more detail. I think uh, your shift theme is a good one. I think this is a good, I don't know, like, adaptation in some ways of in the some refinement ways. theme yeah. yeah like it's it's less of a hard break than i might have expected but i, th- I think that's very natural yeah and there's there's a way in which themes flow into each other and mm-hmm. I, th- I think this is a very necessary shift to happen right now and i think this is a this is a good decision yeah i think the thing about the year of shift which is different to the year of refinement is this is touching on every single part of my business in a way that year refinement didn't mm. like that. You know, I would be like, Oh, you know, if I'm, maybe I'll refine this or find that. But like the, the difference now in the second half of 2020 is mm. I am making significant changes to every part of my business. Right. All of it. Yeah. And that wasn't the case. So, you know, I've made more change in the last three months than I probably have in the last 12 Mm-hmm. everything that I'm doing is undergoing some kind of change. And a lot of that change is starting from me. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are outside forces, but ultimately, like, I'm not having these things just happen. Like, I'm not letting the world just shake me up and then whatever it lands on is just where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to take some element of control in it. This is where I'm going to guide it. And so that's the way that I'm dealing with this, right? Like just where we are in June, June, where we are in July of 2020, (laughs) right? Like 
And so I've decided that like, all right, we're going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to shift everything around. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm going to push forward for the rest of the year. I feel like that's normally where we would end the show, but we need to talk about getmoretex.com. Ah, yes, we do, don't we? Getmoretex.com. Getmoretex.com? You bought a lot of domains. I bought a lot of domains. I bought a lot of domains. Not only did I buy a bunch of domains because we were talking, then the Cortex Animated, H.M. Putet put together a wonderful Cortex Animated, which included a bunch of URLs in that, which I then had to go and buy. Of course. Uh, So I have, I think, maybe eight or nine Get More Text dot com <laughs> urls so mm-hmm. find the one that works for you i suppose but go to getmoretext.com if you are a member because you've signed up at getmoretext.com there's more text happening right now see you in the more text mike <laughs> you're trying to come up with like a bunch of new catchphrases for this. <laughs> yeah i am 